Love is something we all want, but it's much harder to practice it, to actually give love and live it out in real life. This is First 15, brought to you by wordofprayer.com, where we look at the scriptures, listen to what God has to say to us, and then pray it back to Him. I'm Ron, and I'll be a guide to you on this journey. Hi, I'm Angela. So we're going to be continuing our look at 1 John. Today it's going to be 1 John chapter 3. And we're just going to look at all 24 verses in 1 John 3. We're going to listen to them first. And then we'll go into a short conversation about it. And we'll pray together toward the end. So um, thanks for joining us today on the journey. Let me go ahead and start and ask you to listen to God's word. See how great a love Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. For this cause, the world doesn't know us because it didn't know him. Beloved, now we are children of God. It is not yet revealed what we will be, but we know that when he is revealed, we will be like him, for we will see him just as he is. Everyone who has this hope set on him purifies himself, even as he is pure. Everyone who sins also commits lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he was revealed to take away our sins, and no sin is in him. Whoever remains in him doesn't sin. Whoever sins hasn't seen him and doesn't know him. Little children, Let no one lead you astray. The one who does righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. The one who sins is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. To this end, the Son of God was revealed, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever is born of God doesn't commit sin, because his seed remains in him, and he can't sin because he's born of God. In this the children of God are revealed, and the children of the devil. Whoever doesn't do righteousness is not of God, neither is the one who doesn't love his brother. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not like Cain, who was of the evil one and killed his brother. Why did he kill him? Because his deeds were evil, and his brothers were righteous. Don't be surprised, my brothers, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. The one who doesn't love his brother remains in death. The one who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, and then closes his heart of compassion against him, how does God's love remain in him? Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and truth. We shall know by this that we are of the truth, and shall assure our heart before him. In whatever our heart condemns us, for God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, 
we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. And the one who keeps his commandments abides in him and in him. And we know by this that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. This is really, I know all these are English words, and there is something about this passage that make me feel like we got to stop and take a look at what is really being said and asked of us. So the first thing that I asked you before this podcast was, what does verse chapter 3 verse 1 mean? Because this is obviously not a passage that is for everybody that who gets it. You almost have to understand level 1 first before you get level 2, which is this whole passage. So Ron, can you, can you please set the context up for us? Verse 1, let's take a look at it again. Listen to this. See how great a love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God. For this cause, the world doesn't know us because it didn't know Him. So first thing that is, I guess, assumed in the background but not stated directly is that if the world recognized who we really are, and the we in that sentence is children of God, if the world really recognized people as being children of God, they would treat them a lot differently. They would treat them with honor, with respect, with a certain amount of attention. In just everyday language, we would say, give them some love, right? Oh, like but, how a celebrity walks into a room or how somebody right. important walks into the room. Yeah, yes. you give them some love, right? right. You, you follow <laughs> them, you give them attention. Right. But the world doesn't treat us or believers in Christ that way. They usually make fun, mock, uh, ignore. They don't show honor. They don't treat with respect. And John says, well, that's because they don't know God. Mm. If you don't know God in the first place, you're not going to treat his children with respect. And so, yeah. And then John says this, and he quickly jumps into a really strong charge to all of us believers. Can you read the one where he said, "We are. this is what we know, you know, what we are to do to lay down our lives. Can you read that verse? That's in verse 16. It says, By this we know love because he laid down his life for us. That's how we know what love is. That's a picture of love. It's what Christ has done to lay down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers, he says. Is it just our brothers or our brothers? Mm, what is the difference? There? Okay. Our brothers, like the ones who are already in the Christian club, like Christians, believers of God, or our brothers, like as in humanity. The way I'm reading First John, the the first assumption is that to lay down your life for the brothers assumes those who belong to the family of faith. It's like you should lay down your life for your brothers first and foremost. And I would also say I don't think it's limited to that of those in the family of faith. Therefore, like we just love who those who belong to our, our church or our, our faith, our, our religion, but we don't owe anything to anyone else. No, I think we love the rest of humanity as brothers, just as Christ did. If we follow his example, he showed us what love is because he loved unconditionally, not just those who loved him. 
I want to talk something about because it's different from this topic um, emotions and in one of the things that you mentioned when you were working on emotions um, in your business work you said it's one of one of God's gifts and it's least understood I was struck by this NLT version it says in verse 20 even if we feel guilty God is greater than our feelings and he knows everything so I hear a lot and I've heard so much, especially from people uh, who are Christians, how much guilt they feel about things. And it's never a concept I understood because when I came into Christ, I shared away a lot of stuff. So I do what the Spirit prompts me to do. Mm -hmm. But yet I, and I've met so many wonderful Christians who are written with guilt. In fact, there's Christian authors who write about such topics. Can, can you say more? Why do people feel that? About guilt. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. you said you, that's one of the top, top thing that kind of stood out for you in this passage. It's one of the things that you would like to address. Yeah. The, the answer to your question, I can tell within myself, I'm drawn to kind of want to go into a, a, a intellection and sociological, you know, explain cultural differences. You know, in the West, we are more guilt and shame, you know, that, that kind of orientation versus um, in other contexts where it's honor versus shame. But I don't think that's the point. I would like to instead focus our attention. It's more of kind of like we are children of the modern world. And in the modern world, we give a lot of attention to feelings and our subjective experience, what I'm what I'm feeling inside, and we we honor that. I mean, we lift it up as if like our feelings really mean something. They really matter. And I'm not trying to put that down and say your your feelings don't matter, but I think we sometimes give too much attention to our our own feelings in such a to such an extent that we miss the truth of passages like this because this passage tells us you're not a creature at the mercy of your feelings because sometimes your feelings your heart is going to betray you it's going to condemn you it's going to give you guilty feelings or whatever but it's like a check engine light because when it comes up it you know you it's like stop take a look what's going on and take care of the matter so I, I need to backtrack and say not to say not to say that I've not experienced this because yeah. but a lot of the issues that I'm referring to where Christian friends have shared with me is the guilt that they face in relationships with other Christians. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that is the part that kind of like um, that I don't that I wish I want you to have a word to to to, to comfort or to share to help them see like mm -hmm. hey you don't have to do this. There's much bigger work to be done that that is. We have a bigger assignment than this, so let's not let, get trapped by the guilt thing. But I do know personally how when you said, when I said, you know, guilt as a stop engine light and how mm -hmm. it applies to me, I remember for me as a parent, because it, it took us about 10 years in our marriage before I realized, okay, I'm ready. Because, you know, well, I'm definitely not ready to be a parent right from the get-go. So when I was ready, and then I remember a few years into my parenting role, I, I was... I was just, oh my gosh, overcome by these feelings of deep anger and rage that I was like, where in the world did this come from? Especially when I was parenting my toddler and preschoolers. 
and I was so crushed. I was like, I have been a Christian for many years. I left the world of, of I left the world that I know was not right, and I've taken on this, you know, God's love. I went to church. I took notes, and I was like, where in the world did this come from? And I was so upset by it that I went to counseling therapy, and none of that helped. And only God helped me through it. I got the breakthrough. Like God just came into my life in a totally different way, you know. How? How did that happen? I realized all the counseling and all therapy, I had a, I was able to move through quickly and realize that while that was useful, I need to put myself back at the foot of the cross and say, God, I, I don't know how to do this. I want to be rid of this. You know, these are my children. I want to do what's right. And of course, I know I still, you know, there, there was turnarounds, but there were, and God has taught me so much. It's been a humbling experience, mm. and I'm so grateful by turning away, turning myself to God and 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 kneeling myself at the foot of the cross, say, "God, just help me, help mm-hmm. me." That was enough for me to remind me that, whoa, only there's some things in life that only God can <clears throat> help and teach and remove. You know? Yeah, and what and that thing was anger toward my children. You know, that was tremendous guilt on my part to feel that way. I think that. What I see in First John three, eighteen and nineteen, where it says, you know, "Let's not love in word only or with our tongues only, but let's let's love in action. Let's love truly, you know, by doing it. Love is something you do. It's not just something you say or profess." And that also becomes part of the the help that we have when it says our hearts condemn us, because we do have feelings like it's not enough or it, I think what you were representing just now, what you shared, like feeling guilty about these feelings where it's really just coming from overwhelm. You're exhausted and maybe also from old issues. I mean, all sorts of things like in your case, I look back on my childhood. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't, you know, all these beautiful memories. And so I'm going to do it better. And then when you're faced with the situation and challenges with your own kids, it's like, I'm not doing it better. I just see how much of a sinner I am, and I just feel crushed. I feel terrible about it. Yeah, so, even worse because my 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 faith came into question because it's like I chose to do differently God's teachings, you know. How you and practice I, your parenting? Yes. So I, I realize, but your your feelings still cause you to feel self blame and guilt and all that. And the point is, we are not ruled by our feelings. That God is the one who has the final verdict. And it says God is greater than our heart. He knows all things. And one of the ways that we can comfort ourselves when we're having these feelings, it says, is by loving in in action, not just in words. And so just knowing like, okay, when our feelings are betraying us, keep doing the right thing. Keep taking the next step, the next right path. That's right. Because I think that's, that's why I love this God among all the others, this almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth. He is so wonderful. In verse 21, dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence Mm -hmm. and we will receive from him whatever we ask because we obey him and do the things that please him. Mm -hmm. And this is his commandment. We must believe in the name of the son, Jesus Christ and love one another just as the command. Just as he commanded us, I can recall so many, many instances in my life 
whether it's relationship with my children, relationship with my family, um, different members in the family, how this verse really took me to higher ground. Mm -hmm. Not the past automatic ways of reacting, being, but it is truly agape, God's love teaching me Mm-hmm. Not to choose the higher ground that but better. No, no, no. It's more of like God show me here. This is this is love in action. When you obey my word, this is what love in action looks like mm-hmm. from my perspective. And my earthly eyes suddenly look up and see like, oh, okay. I don't have to force this result. I can let it go, and yeah, I'll be okay with it. Mm-hmm. You know, be okay with it. Yeah. The most important. Thing. You said after we had finished reading this that, wow, that's a lot of words and I'm get kind of lost in all the, that's a lot of words and not, I don't know what the, the key thought is. I think it all comes down to these last two verses. I think the key truth to grab hold of from this whole chapter, First John 3, is found in verses 23 and 24. And you just read 23 at the end there. Let me repeat it. This is his commandment. Okay, if you want to boil it all down, this is what he tells us to do. This is what he charges us, that we should believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, even as he commanded. And just remember, when Jesus was asked by the disciples, what is the most important commandment of all the law, all the 600 plus laws in the Old Testament? And Jesus said, the most important is this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, all your strength. The most important commandment boils down to love. Love God. So believe in Jesus in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he commanded. And then verse 24, he who keeps this commandment remains in him, and God also remains in him. So the one who keeps God's commandments remains in God, and God remains in him. It's a mutual relationship. By this, we know that he remains in us by the spirit which he gave us. So the spirit gives us that reassurance, that comfort. That's one of the spirit's roles is to comfort and to give us reassurance and a guarantee of our salvation and our the security of our relationship with God. So simple command, believe and make sure that belief isn't just in words or with the mouth, but it's backed up with actions of actually loving and following his example. Loving the brothers, which is more challenging than it sounds because the brothers can be tough to love. People that we do life with, and we see their faults and we see their shortcomings. We often think, I can't love them or I don't have to love them because, you know, blah, they did that to me. It's like not taking offense and keeping on loving people that we're doing life with. And then even the, the strangers that we meet, people are not in the family of faith. We love them too, just as Christ did. And for those of us, or sometimes we don't, like, I don't know how to love this person anymore. The Lord knows. He'll teach us. We just need to ask. As James said, God is more than happy to grant us wisdom on how to, on, on the request that we ask of him. Show me how to love this person. Yeah, he does. <laughs> show me, show me. <laughs> oh my goodness. Sometimes I'm like, really, Lord? <laughs> okay, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> Mm. And it's never been wrong. It's mm. like hitting the lottery. It's like, yeah, just do, do what he instructs. <laughs> God is greater than our hearts, and he knows all yeah. things. He knows. He knows yeah. how much love that person needs, and he knows how we should love them. And so we need to ask. And the most beautiful thing is that God is actually working in that person's heart, too. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then the turnaround is like, whoa, mm -hmm. I just did this. And God, you showed me that much more in that person. I'm like, wow. Why don't we go ahead and pray this uh, passage now and uh, take it to God and just take these words as the as a starting point for us. Um, and beyond our prayer, we're going to carry this into the rest of our life today. It's going to come. You're going to get lots of opportunities. I'm going to get the same opportunities too. So let's pray. God, we call on you as your children. You're our Father. That is a tremendous truth. Thank you for sharing that with us, for revealing it to us, for confirming it in our hearts. We're your children. You love us, even when we mess up, even when we've got awful things happening to us, happening in us, that we are causing to happen even. You still love us. That is hard to imagine, hard to believe. But we grab hold of that truth. We grab it and hold it close to our hearts and say, God, even when we don't feel it, even when I don't feel it, you're loving me and you're working and you're moving and you will bring about your perfect will and your plans. You will accomplish what you desire. And I want to be a part of that. Your will be done. Mm -hmm. Your name be glorified. Your name be kept holy. Let your kingdom come. Your kingdom is all about extending the rule of love as we love you and we love the people that we encounter, that we live with, that we come across each day. Today, God, help me to love people and love the people that I live with in my own house. Help me love those that I see in need and to respond in a loving way, not just with words, but like this passage said, seeing a brother in need, seeing a person in need. Um, let me, if I, if it's in my power to do anything, let me be faithful and do that and act in faith and not fear. God, I believe in you. I believe in your son, Jesus Christ, and I want to remain in your love. I want to practice your love, and I just pray that you will help me to do that, to make good on it, to fulfill it um, today and going forward. Thank you for hearing our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I think the application is pretty clear and simple, um, but it doesn't mean it's going to be easy to do. But it's pretty simple. The commandment is there. Believe and carry it out in practice. Love. So go and do that and be blessed in practicing and putting into action these things that you've heard as Jesus himself taught us um, you'll be blessed if you'll do these things that I've taught you I'm thinking about John 13 and 14 where he said that so let's go enjoy the blessedness of not just knowing the truth but of doing the truth and letting him continue to teach us and speak to our hearts And thanks for joining us um, we're really grateful for you listening and following and um, if you want more resources or more episodes that you can listen to at first 15 uh, on our podcast and you can also check out uh, wordofprayer.com thanks for being with us with dashes right